Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, we hear from Noelle, recorded in January 2023. She chose hospitality because it is a space to bring happiness to people. Through her business, Envy Lodges, she is combining happiness and doing good into the experience. All right. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today I have with me Noelle. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure, Noreen. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, I'm not a, a regular hotelier, if you want. <laughs> I come from a completely different background. And uh, I ended up here partly by chance and partly because I really wanted to be in hospitality. So I started my career in, uh, in architecture. I studied architecture. I uh, worked in design. Uh, I worked on construction sites. Uh, and then I shifted a bit to the paralegal space that has to do with real estate and, and construction. I did a master's in engineering management, which, you know, helped me delve deeper into this this topic. And then I realized, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy where I am. Um, and when you're in architecture, they kind of brainwash you. you into doing only one thing, into becoming a successful design architect, and they don't tell you about the endless possibilities that you can that that you can have after you graduate, uh, which I realized a bit later in life. Um, so I decided to do an MBA. I said, okay, if I want to restart, um, kind of level the play field, uh, start fresh, I need an MBA, um, and this is what I did. I applied to INSEAD, I got in. I decided to go to Singapore because it was a new region for me. Uh, so I started in Singapore beginning of 2017. And then I did the the, the remaining part of the year in France. Um, and after INSEAD in 2018, I moved to Dubai. My, uh, my two options were either I go into real estate because this is what I know from before, or I try my luck with hospitality, which had been on my mind for, for some time. Uh, and I ended up in hospitality. Um, uh, it, it, was, it was on my mind, to be honest, ever since uh, I was studying architecture. Um, I was always intrigued by shaping people's experiences, especially when they're happy. Because you can shape their experiences in different, you know, in different times. Like designing a hospital would be also shaping people's experiences, right? But it's not the happiest industry to be in. Uh, I thought I thought travel would be really, you know, travel and hospitality is such a a happy industry because your main focus is to make people happy, whether it's through designing the spaces, through serving them. Um, through, uh, I don't know, preparing food for them. Anything you do in hospitality is to make people happy. And this also reflects on yourself. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, this is how I, I, I thought, okay, hospitality 
uh, could be a good option for me. And I, I moved to Dubai. Uh, I joined the hotel operator in the development uh, team uh, for two and a half years. And then COVID hit. Uh, and when you're in the development team, you know, you're dealing with investors and um, owners of land who want to build hotels for your company to operate. Um, and no one was answering my emails anymore. Nobody wanted to build hotels anymore. So I realized, okay, I'm in a stagnating mode now. Um, and this is not what I want to do in my, you know, uh, at the peak of my career. Um, or when I'm not at the peak of my career, when I have enough energy to do something else. Um, so I said, uh, the best thing to do in times of crisis is to move to the consulting side because everyone needs a consultant when things are not going well. Uh, so I moved to Grant Thornton, uh, UAE. I looked after their hospitality and tourism practice for almost a year before I co-founded uh, Envy Lodges uh, last September 2021 with uh, Chris, my co-founder, who was my colleague uh, in my first hospitality job. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for that introduction. I already have a couple of questions to ask off the back of that. Um, I mean, it was interesting what you said about hospitality and, you know, you're designing something where people are happy. I heard someone say exactly the same thing yesterday at the Thailand Tourism Forum conference where um, the company owns several properties and hospitality and it's all about happiness, you know, creating that space, uh, creating that experience where people are going to be happy. So I, it was really nice to hear you say say the same thing and see it in the same way as well. Yeah, when you know, when you study architecture, it all starts with how you want to make people feel, whether you want the space to feel welcoming, whether you want to um, uh, nurture or foster interaction, the way you position the seating, you know, the seats facing each other to, to help people interact better. So it all, it, it all has to do with uh, nudging people and, and kind of not controlling, but guiding their behavior and their feelings. So it, it makes total sense to design spaces when people are traveling to make them feel happier because that, that will reflect on their entire travel journey. And they would come again and again to well, your property or whatever it is. No, that's so true. Like oftentimes when I think about architecture, it's just drawings, right? Like, or <laughs> just schematics or something like that. But the whole thought process that you have to go behind to think about how you're going to make someone feel is so important as well. And for someone who comes from the service industry, it's very hard for me to think of that kind of concept it's all about the experience for me but yeah the the space that you're in is also such an important part of the the whole experience for sure the lighting the colors every detail has you know <laughs> uh, has a big effect on on how people feel of course the service and you know everything that comes in operations has a big role in complementing uh, yeah. the space um, and thinking a little bit about your time in architecture, um, you've obviously used education as an opportunity to kind of get to the next level. Did you see that as your 
is the only way that you could get the qualification that you needed or the experience that you needed. You know, sometimes, you know, in hospitality, we talk a lot about, you know, getting the experience on the job, you know, you don't necessarily need the qualification. Of course, architecture engineering is, you know, completely different, but I've seen that you've kind of used that a lot for your career development as well. So tell me a little bit about that journey too. Um, Although it helped me with my career development, the initial thought process did, did not come from that. Um, I often found myself getting, you know, bored every three to four years. Um, and for me to be able to, to kind of take a stop and reflect on what I, what I wanted to do, I thought education or going back to school was an easy, was the most straightforward, you know, um, solution for me and this is what I did whether it was I did it actually three times so the first time uh, I did the master's uh, in engineering management the second time I took a summer break and I went and did a, a summer program at Harvard um, I took a course on uh, negotiations and uh, dispute resolution organization and dispute resolution uh, I spent the whole summer there, which also allowed me to kind of reflect on, on what I want to do next. Uh, and then the third time was my MBA, which is the biggest, you know, uh, break and the biggest shift uh, that I needed at the time. Now, thankfully, now <laughs> I don't need this anymore because there's a lot of change happening uh, when you're an, an entrepreneur. Uh, you, you, there's there's no break that you can take. And and every every day is a new day. So you don't get bored at all. So this three to four year cycle is no longer applicable for me, thankfully. Um, but then I found that, you know, actually this, uh, the, the, the educational progression, if you want to help me with, with career progression, in my case, but I think if I had stayed in the job market, I would have progressed anyways, just like anyone, mm -hmm. anyone else, maybe in different, in, in one direction instead of, you know, going kind of zigzagging my way through. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, people, I love how you said it's a time to stop and reflect. And I think that's something that I'm also trying to encourage. Like, I think COVID made us all kind of stop and reflect and think about, you know, what's important. We kind of finally took the, you know, what they say, the, the foot off the gas pedal and just stop, right? And education is such a great way to do that, to just stop reflect and you're also learning at the same time but I'm really curious about your summer break at Harvard about negotiation and was it disruption management or um, Dis organizational dispute resolution um, what were some of your key takeaways from that summer oh wow um, so the biggest learnings were not related to the course. <laughs> it was more about, you know, learning about other people, where, where they come from. I still have very close uh, friends from, from that period, uh, from different parts of the world. I had two weddings now that I couldn't attend, <laughs> one in Brazil and one in India, of people who were with me in my class back then. Um, but the, the, the one big learning that... I think every negotiation uh, class teaches you is that it's not a zero-sum game. So whenever you're negotiating, if you win and the other person loses or the other party loses, that's not um, a, a favorable situation or a favorable outcome. 
the best outcome you would want to have is uh, ending with a big handshake where both parties are are happy and both parties feel that they've won. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think this, you know, keeping this in mind for everything that you do in life, every day you go through, I don't know, 15 negotiations, even if they're many negotiations, you don't feel them. But if, if you're negotiating with a kid, to 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 eat or to to go to sleep this is a, a this is a negotiation exercise that you go through um and keeping this in mind where you know making the other party feel that they've won as well um adds a lot to uh, to everything that you do and i think that was that was the biggest learning from that course apart from that i got the chance to travel uh, around the us <laughs> when you're there for three months uh, you go somewhere every weekend, um, uh, and I think at, at different times in my in my life, I took that chance. So when I was in Singapore, I also traveled around uh, Asia, which was amazing. You know how how strategically located Singapore mm -hmm. is to be able to travel. Um, I went, you know, to so many places that I never dreamt of going. Um, when I was in France as well, touring around Europe. Um, I, I hope to be able to do that <laughs> again. Um, I haven't explored Latin America yet. Um, I don't know what's going to take me there, but it definitely needs months and months of discovery uh, to be yes. able to cover it all. Yeah. To do it justice, I completely agree. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and going back to your negotiation topic, yeah, I also used to think there's going to be one loser and one winner, and you're absolutely right, that's not, the way that it should be you know it should be that you come out of it and then both are feeling happy about it and it's not about who's going to win this negotiation it's about you know how are we both going to win this negotiation so yeah thank you yeah. for, for you that know, reminder after after this course i got the chance to um uh, uh, join uh, a company called uh dg jones i was based in beirut and i was part of the um, claims and dispute resolution department. I was actually the first hire with the head of the department. Uh, and I remember us working on big, big arbitration cases of millions of dollars. And and the, the, the big role that we played when the, we were usually representing one of the parties. When one party came to us asking us to represent them, a big part of our role was helping them psychologically um, mm. and you know the, the 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 most favorable outcome that we wanted was reaching amicable settlement uh, at the end of the day nobody wants to go to court nobody wants to go to to arbitration it's never it's never even if you win you're losing because mm. you're paying all the uh, all the expenses because you go through this you know very um uh, not 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 nice experience you know it's very tiring mm. so we always tried although it would bring us less fees we always tried to push them towards amicable settlement and this tells you how much you know mediation uh helps in these cases mm. completely agree um and then tell us a little bit about um you said you know, you wanted to go into hospitality, you know, you were talking about, you know, how the, um, how it's always intrigued you, and it's about making people happy. Why is that important? 
um, to you. And yeah, and, they, and in a way, again, going back to why hospitality? Um, you know, I had friends working in, in, in tourism and hospitality back in the days. And their lifestyle was so interesting for me. Um, uh, one of my my hobbies is traveling, and for them, traveling for work was like you, you know your day job, <laughs> your day job. And I always envied them. And I thought at the time, I thought that working in hospitality means traveling to different hotels and testing them, and you know, making sure everything's all right. I was like, okay, I can do that for a living. <laughs> Um, little did I know that, you know, there's more to, to working in hospitality than just testing <laughs> and uh, uh, doing mystery shopping. But going back to your question, why, why is this important for me? Because I feel that I personally get influenced a lot by the energy that's around me and by how people feel. Um, so... I tell you again, the same example, working in a hospital for me would make me miserable, mm. like seeing, you know, sick people, people who are, you know, not feeling well, their families sad, worried, all of this would affect me, even if I know I'm helping them. And I know, you know, I have a bigger purpose. Um, I know I'm doing good. So the doing good part does not cover for how I like the energy that's that's around me um and, and this brings me to uh, a why envy because it combines you know doing good while still feeling feeling good with the and the positive energy and the happiness uh, and the fun that's around me so doing good while being in a very fun environment and I feel that this affects me internally and affects my mental health and my, you know, uh, how I feel. And I, I think, you know, when, when you're working, when you spend, I don't know, most of your time, more than you spend time with your family, you spend it at work, at work. And with your colleagues. Yeah, it's very important for you to, to feel good about it. Um, whether feel feeling good because it's just having fun or feeling good because you're you're doing good as well mm. and what i like that you've shared now as well as that you you know what affects you internally right whether it's that period of reflection whether it's the education or knowing every two to three years you needed that change or how your environment affects you i think that's something that i took a, a lot longer to perhaps learn or understand about myself is like what kind of environment affects me what makes me happy what are the things that I'm doing that gives me the right kind of energy like for example I I'm actually an introvert you know even though I'm doing this and I'm very public and open but I need my me time to recover and recuperate my energy and my resources like after a day of like networking I'm so exhausted yeah. the following day so it's really great that you have that self-awareness I think we should all be spending a bit of time on that to reflect and understand you know what are the things that are good for us and making sure that we're spending our time in that right way and especially at work right because as you said we're spending majority of our time at work so we need to make sure that we're doing it in a good place for sure I don't think it took you long to realize that. I mean, it's it's baby steps that you take. It's not like a revelation that comes to you 
uh, and it took me uh, like five types of jobs in five different industries and functions to realize actually this is where I want to stay uh, so yeah you're I think you're you're fine <laughs> yes I think that's another good reminder self-compassion is also a good step yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about envy your entrepreneurial journey and you know how you're doing what you love doing now oh where should i there's a lot to say about envy so <laughs> i i mentioned that envy combines you know the happy industry that i wanted to be in with doing good and uh um it it's it, honestly it started by when i was in singapore traveling to all these beautiful places around asia and staying in uh in, in alternative uh, types of properties not the usual traditional uh, hotels that we're used to um, in the Middle East um, and I saw you know a, a different side of hospitality a more authentic a more real a more a greener side of hospitality if you want um, and and I thought oh there's potential there but this stayed in the back of my mind and I never you know explored it further uh, and to be honest with you I never thought I would become an entrepreneur um, I'm a, just like you're an introvert, I'm a, I'm a risk averse person. Uh, and I like things to be clean and clear and I like to plan. And if uh, you can ask my friends, I have Excel sheets for everything. <laughs> like I plan trips up to the half hour. Uh, I plan if we're going on a road trip, I research the parkings. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> And I, I think my friends like it and dislike it at the same time. <laughs> but anyways, I'm so, I, I like straight paths. Mm. Uh, and I always thought that um, my career is going to be as straightforward as possible. I'm going to grow the ladder, uh, grow up the ladder in a certain, you know, company and reach the top. And that this is it. Uh, but then uh, I was once having a conversation with Chris and he told me it was on his mind. Uh, he told me, listen, there's um, there's a big need in the market for something uh, um, like that. There's an, people are asking for experiential uh, lodges. They want to discover um, remote locations. Uh, they want to be immersed in nature. And that was, you know, it, it was it wasn't necessarily. Um, the outcome of, of COVID, we had started seeing that before mm -hmm. COVID had started. COVID just accelerated this process. And I totally agreed. And because it, it I had also seen that, how, how happy people were when they stayed in nature, when they connected to the local culture, when they ate with the locals. Um, and we, we, you know, we found our meeting point at that time. And we decided to work on Envy together. Uh, we launched Envy in September 2021. Uh, we took the first year to kind of do our development in the Middle East. Uh, we're based in Dubai. And we were so lucky to be entrusted with uh, a few beautiful, beautiful sites uh, in Saudi Arabia, which we announced uh, last year. And then earlier this year, um, since our 2023 uh, was uh, or is 
mainly focused on international expansion. We announced our first property outside the region, which is going to be in Costa Rica, one of the best <laughs> destinations for ecologists in the world. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that the story behind it as well, because sometimes you do wonder, like, how do you come up with the with the idea? And you're absolutely right. You know, you do you definitely have hit that sweet spot of like people wanting to connect with nature, be more local, uh, having that unique experience. Right. It was something that was also discussed yesterday um, at the conference that you know, the whole wellness idea of like staying in contact with nature um, is such an important part for our mental health as well. We've realized that because sometimes when you're living in the big cities, it's just go, go, go. And, you know, coming, there's so much research and science done, like spending time in nature is is so good for you. So it's really great that you're focusing um, on that and trying to bring that experience out to more people and in many places as possible um and yeah I mean I've never been to Saudi Arabia nor Costa Rica so maybe one day I will have the opportunity to visit those locations too yeah we'd love to welcome you but yeah uh, going back to your point on wellness and um and being out in nature another component of 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 wellness and well-being if you want is um giving the opportunity to our guests uh, to feel that they've contributed um, to giving back, to feel that, you know, their trips, um, or their travels, their stays are not leaving a negative impact on the environment, but on the contrary, they're, they're doing something good. And it's really nice to show them the impact that, uh, that they've left, the positive impact that they've left on the environment. This would elevate the experience even more because what we've realized after COVID is that people are not, you know, or, or travelers are not bad intentioned. They don't mean to, to hurt the environment. They don't mean to disturb the ecosystem when they travel. They just don't know. You know, they're, they're, they're unaware of the impact that they have on the environment. But when they saw the big impact, when they saw the, the, the penguins walking on the street, when they saw the, the different, you know, wildlife coming uh, in the city during COVID. I don't know if you remember those videos because everyone was at home, not disturbing, you know, <laughs> the nature, wildlife, nature, and then nature came in. You realize, oh my God, we, I mean, we're in their habitat. We're yeah. keeping them away. Um, and then you realize maybe we should do something about it going forward. Now that we've hit the reset, um maybe we should do things differently and this is what's happening you know uh, we, we're giving these people the opportunity uh to contribute to this change mm -hmm. um and at the same time where our purpose is to educate them uh so that they can do that beyond their stay with us so that they can educate their kids they can change their habits at home they can sort their waste if they are not uh, doing so they can reduce their food waste they can uh, go on uh, beach cleaning uh, campaigns or, or or whatnot and this is the bigger impact that you can have uh, once you have you know your guests are are doing much more when they leave you so mm. they stay two to three nights with you but then the rest of the year they do so much more back at home that's the ripple effect that we want yeah. to achieve 
Yeah, no, that ripple effect is so important as well. And sometimes you just need that one moment, that one experience to just get you on that path um, of going into that direction. And, you know, the whole disrupting the wildlife, you know, I had that moment. Um, I was in Kenya for a safari for my dad's 70th. It was a dream of his that he wanted to do for about 50 years. And it's so vast, right? You're just in the middle of nowhere. Like you're just surrounded by openness and animals just wandering around. And it made me realize how much we have done to our planet as well. Like we are disrupting their life, their wildlife, you know, not the other way around. So I do hope that companies like yourself and people experiencing um, what you described will continue to help make a lot longer lasting change for us all hopefully um and so we've talked a lot about um you know throughout the conversation we've, we've talked a lot about your learnings your own realizations um throughout your career you know personal development you know you know things that i think about you know sometimes change is very hard for me right no matter what it looks like but i know sometimes that whilst it is overwhelming, have faith that you can overcome it and that you will survive and sometimes good can come out of it too. Have you had any other learnings that you can share um, for our audience? Um, yes. So, so one of the learnings is related to what you just said. It's, you know, not to be afraid to to learn about things that have nothing to do with 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 your background, with your career, not to be afraid to speak to people that come from different backgrounds, and on the contrary, actually look for those people, uh, work with them, bring them onto your team, partner with them, because the more diverse your 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 circle is, the more knowledge you can cover uh, out of the entire knowledge that exists let's say because if you only stick to 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 people who are exactly like you who come from the same background and who know exactly the same things then you're not learning anything else and you're missing out on so much knowledge that's out there so i think that's um th that's one of the big learnings that i've i've realized uh, jumping from one you know industry to the other jumping from one function to the other because at every instance I met people that were different and I learned something different and I ended up, you know, knowing maybe I'm not specialized in something, uh, which I was very insecure about at some point in life. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel that I'm more well-rounded uh, in this way. I know a bit of everything. I can engage in conversations that have to do with different topics and I can bring ideas from different industries and different, you know, schools of thought to find a solution to every problem. That's one. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of other learnings. Um, you know, Envy came from um, a need to address a change that's happening uh, in the industry, in the travel and tourism industry. And while we think that, you know, change is happening now and this is it, it's not true. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of change that will happen in the future and change will keep on happening. And if, you, if you're stuck in this, you know, in this moment thinking this is it, this is the change and, and nothing's going to change anymore, then you're going to miss out in the future. I think what I learned is that adaptability is 
is one of the most important traits that you can have, whether as a person, as a company, as a startup, uh, whatever. Um, learning how to adapt, how to be open to change, learning how to, uh, this is a buzzword from 2020, learning how to pivot your idea. <laughs> I think it was both voted one of the most yes. important buzzwords. <laughs> Uh, how to pivot your idea this was important for the startups to survive back then you know uh i think that's yeah adaptability is uh is an important trait uh to have to be able to survive all the waves uh that are coming in the future that's that's what i learned thank you for sharing those learnings and i'll move on to my final question and ask you who inspires you You know, I get asked this question a lot together with who's your mentor. <laughs> uh, and I always say, I I don't get inspired by a specific person. Um, and I don't have only one mentor. I learn from different people. But what really inspires me is certain traits uh, in people. For example... I'm very much inspired by uh, people who are self-made um, and not only who are self-made, but who stay humble, uh, even though they reach, you know, what you can consider a success. Um, they stay humble and they always remember where they, where they come from and they empathize with the people who are starting fresh um, and who are not there yet. So this is one trait that I really um, admire uh, in people and it inspires me and I hope to, to become like that one day. Uh, another trait that I think is also connected to that is people who are, in my view, uh, very successful and yet so kind. Uh, because I feel the more successful you become, the less kind you, you become. Um, and it's sad because this is when you need it the most. Uh, because this is when people will look up to you. And if you're not kind, then you know, you're know you not giving them the right example, if you want. Mm -hmm. um, so, so kindness for me comes really at the top of you know, um, personal traits, personal behavioral traits. Um, trying to think and this comes also with you know giving back not forgetting you know that there's a part there, there you have a role in this uh, in this world uh, whether it's small or big um, then you know you, you 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 have to give back to the environment to the people around you to the communities to your ex-school to your ex whatever it is doing your part is important whether to others or to yourself because it also brings you um, happiness and, and self-satisfaction. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in people that uh, inspire me. Nothing on my mind right now, but... I think you've shared some great ones from, you know, being humble, being kind and giving back. I think those are really really ad admirable traits um, to look up to and to be inspired by. So thank you so much for sharing that and also for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Noreen. It was my pleasure speaking to you today.
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality.